This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Episode number 100. We are in triple digits, guys. <laughs> BD4, episode number 100. So, first and foremost, I want to thank all of you who've tuned in um, so far for this new podcast that I started a couple of months ago, not even that long ago. <laughs> it was like the end of the um, 2019 baseball season. That's when I started podcasting, and um, I'm just happy for it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you guys have followed along. So thank you for tuning in to episode 100, and thank you for tuning in to the 99 other shows that we did here on BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. What's going on, guys? This is Rob Carbone with episode 100 of BD4. Um. Knicks trade rumors and options. So listen, we're still going to keep touching on the Knicks here. Um, there isn't really much to talk about right now with baseball, with the Yankees. So that's 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 obviously why I haven't been doing any Yankees, um, you know, articles or any shows on the Yankees lately. Is because, well, the baseball season is at a standstill and it hasn't started yet and nothing has been going on. So I apologize for to all my Yankee followers, but... Trust me, I'm a Yankees fan just as much as I am a Knicks fan, vice versa. I will try to get as many Yankees stuff as I can out there as soon as something happens, guys. But listen, um, as for now, nothing's going on in, in the Bronx. And there has been some 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 things going on, at least, in Manhattan for the Knicks. Um, more rumors than anything, but that's what we're going to talk about tonight. That's the name of the episode, is Knicks Trade Rumors. And options. Um, so we covered a bunch of the draft prospects um, about yeah, two weeks ago, I'd say. We started doing a bunch of draft prospects. And then we moved on to free agent options out there for the Knicks. I'm not sure if I'm going to make another little um, set of Knicks trade options. This might just be a one-time thing tonight. But we'll see how it goes. But yes, we are going to talk about some trade options for the Knicks. Players who have been floating around in rumors, um, whether that be lately or sometime when the season was not in hiatus. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And we have two players in particular I want to touch on that the Knicks could, slash should, slash might <laughs> take a look at. But um, I do want to say, again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to BD4. BD4 episode 100, episode 100 of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, guys, please do so. Please subscribe, but also share it. 
that is how we help our brand and, and here at BD4. I want everybody to to tune in and I would love to get anyone's opinion. So please subscribe to it, but also share it, like it, comment on it whenever you want to do whatever you want to do. So you can find BD4 on many different platforms. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Google. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Spotify, on Radio Public. The video cast where you can actually watch the video of the podcast is up on YouTube. Um, and there are plenty more platforms as well. Just go to my website located at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Once again, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Go to my website and um, there should be a tab called Outlets. Click on Outlets. And it'll take you right to a page that displays all the platforms you can reach me at on the podcast. And, you know, it'll have my social media pages there as well. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> Episode 100. We are on 100, guys. I can't believe it. Of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. So, we'll, we'll start this up, I guess. <laughs> Listen, it's not that I think the I, it's not that I think the Knicks are going to go out there this free agency, this off season, um, this draft, and strike gold. But you know, it's worth talking about because they do have cap space, they do have flexibility with their with a lot of contracts potentially coming off the books, and there's room with a new you know leader here to do some things here that'll help this Knicks team. Um, so the two guys we're going to talk on tonight. Uh, we'll touch on Laurie Markkinen, and we're also going to talk about Terry Rozier. Uh, those two have been in trade talks recently, and when I say recently, you know, um, Rozier was more towards the trade deadline, um, but he's starting, you know, he, he's he's still an option to trade for. And Markkinen, we've heard rumblings as of late, really, uh, last couple of days, uh, that he's unhappy in Chicago, but... We'll start with Markkinen, I guess. Um, I have a couple things, a bunch of things written down for Markkinen. Um, he's obviously, you know, a power forward for the Chicago Bulls, who drafted him three seasons ago. He's three seasons into his NBA career. Seven foot, two hundred and forty pound. I see him as more of a power forward than a center. Um, so he's an oversized power forward. Averaged fifteen points, six rebounds, and two assists. On 43%, 34%, 82% in 50 games this season across 30 minutes. So, 23 years old in May. So, he's still very young. And he is a stretch four, but you know, a three-level scoring big is what I like to call him. He's a three-level scorer. He can shoot in the inside. He can hit the mid-range. And he can shoot the three-point shot pretty decently as well. So, Larry Markkinen, power forward for the Bulls. Seven feet, 240 pounds. Um, and yeah, he wants out of Chicago that those have been the uh, rumors of late. And I think the main reason here is their new analytical system. They, you know, they're not exactly from what I'm hearing is they have more of an analytical system where they're not utilizing his, they're not optimizing his talents. Um, I know Larry Markkinen is somebody who likes to shoot the mid range often or decent amount because in his rookie season, he attempted 2.1 mid range attempts per game. In his sophomore season, he attempted 2.0 mid-range attempts a game. But now, with their new analytical system, this past season, they cut that down. And they didn't allow him to shoot many mid-range attempts. And that they cut it down from 
you know, 2.1 to 2.0, all the way down to 0.4 mid-range attempts per game this past season. So he was not taking a lot of mid-range. You know, their, their system now, their scheme over there in Chicago was your typical 2020 um, scheme where if you're not taking a layup, you should shoot a three and vice versa. So they tried to get him to do more of that, and he doesn't want to do that. I guess that's the main reason he wants out. He wants a change in the organization, and we'll see what happens. But um, I guess we'll start with the, the pros of getting somebody like Laurie Markkinen. Um, first and foremost, his best strength here is shooting and spacing, right? He can stretch the floor um, very well for a big man. Um, and just that alone is huge for the Knicks because I keep imagining him in, at that four spot instead of somebody like Julius Randle and how better the spacing will be, how much more room guys like R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson will have to work because of somebody like Markinen's spacing that he provides because of his shooting ability. Um, you know, R.J. will have room to create off the dribble. Mitch can finish, you know doesn't always have to be crowded with traffic down there in that restricted area. The lanes will be open. You know, we won't have somebody like Randall clogging the lane if we can strike a deal for marketing to be our power forward. Um, and yes, the three-point shooting is why, you know, that's so big. Um, he's a 36% career three-point shooter over the course of his career, averaging 2.2 per game. So a very solid, very strong volume three-point shooter. Um, and he has some range too, so he can step back a few feet behind the arc and hit it. That's very impressive for a seven-footer. But yes, his his game, he's a very good mid-range shooter as well. He's not just a three-point shooter. He's a mid-range shooter who can shoot it off the catch very effectively. Um, and he can shoot off the catch you know, from the three-point line as well. He's a very good catch-and-shoot, pick-and-pop type of player. He executes very effectively off pick-and-pop and catch-and-shoot. Catch he was actually ranked in the 97th percentile in terms of points per game off the catch-and-shoot this past season, ranking 18th. So that was in the 97th percentile of players, better than 97% of the league when it comes to catch-and-shoot points per game. So very good spot-up guy. Um, spotted up over 31% of the time this past season. And he can shoot off the screens as well, so catch-and-shooting off the screens coming around the, you know, the screen setters. And shooting off of the screen as well. So he's very good in terms of spotting up, catching, shooting, hitting the mid-range, hitting the three. And again, he has a nice inside game as well. 66% this past season in the restricted area. So he works well around the rim for a seven-footer. Um, now the weak parts of his game. <laughs> All right, those are those are the positives. He's a good, uh, a good floor spacer in the front court area, which would obviously benefit the Knicks. You know, since Randall doesn't bring that when he shares the floor with with other Knicks. But this guy can do that. But the negatives now with Larry Markinen's game, not much of a rebounder. You know, more of a, a straight-up shooter. That's about it, what he does offensively and finishes at the rim, of course, as well. But rebounding is not his strength. That's an underwhelming statistic for him mostly because he spends most of his time on the perimeter, so he's not going to be able to get those offensive rebounds. But there have also been some question about his strength, his toughness on the inside. Can he bang down low? I know he went from nine rebounds to game uh, per game in 2018 um, or 2019 when he averaged nine to this past season in 2020 when he averaged you know 6.6 .6 or something like that. So an underwhelming rebounder. Um, for a guy of his size. And yes, strength, toughness, all those things have been questioned um, when it comes to Laurie Marketing. And that, that's a big part of that is, 
you know, that's affecting his defense as well. He's not a great defender because of those things. Can he bang down low with the best of them? Um, kind of slow-footed as well. So questions there. Questions about his durability. He's never been the most healthiest player. You know, 68 games in his rookie season. Um, just 52 this past season. Or last season, sorry. And then the season that we just um, pretty much halted this past year. He just played 50 of the Bulls' 66 games, I want to say. So, misses a decent amount of time with injury every year. That's something, you know, you're going to have to cut down on. If the Knicks are going to make a move for him, you'll want him to be on the fucking floor. But, you know, so not a great rebounder, not the most durable. Defense is so-so. Um, not the playmaker you want. I mean, he's not a playmaker anyways. You're seven feet tall. Playmaking isn't something I'm worried about. Um, and just overall, I guess he had a down year, you know, a career low in shot attempts, didn't score as much as he did his first two seasons. Um, again, the rebounding took a step back and I think he's just been more of the same since he's entered the league as opposed to progressing. Um, if anything, he's regressed to be honest with you. So he's not really shown true progression and taken that next step as a lottery pick. Um, so that's one of the downsides as well. So when you think of all of that, you know, what's, what's his worth? What's he going to cost? I, you know, I do have to believe you know, a 23 year old kid is still going to cost a decent amount. Somebody who could stretch the floor at that, at that height, because that's very modern in today's game. So I'm thinking maybe the Clippers 2020 late first round pick that we did, you know, when we traded Morris, um, maybe the Mavs picks 21 and 23, um, 2021, 2023, um, you know, the Knicks can do this. They have the assets. They have seven first-round picks over the next four years. So it's possible to make a deal here. Um, you know, if you want to include some players on the roster, obviously you'd probably have to do that as well. Frank Nielakina, Kevin Knox, maybe somebody like Dennis Smith Jr., you know, former lottery pick looking for a third home, another restart somewhere else. He's obviously disgruntled in New York. So maybe that'll work. Um, Julius Randle potentially could be packaged in a deal, attach him, you know, attach him with some lottery picks. Maybe that could happen. And that would be ideal being more of a position for position swap, but that's, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, when it comes to matching money, you know, matching salaries, that won't be a big issue as well, because for the Knicks, they could take on a, a marketing who's still on his rookie contract. So he's going to come fairly cheap if they do make a trade for him in terms of salary. Um, now a lot of Knicks fans, and I'm one of them, to be honest with you, would prefer the Knicks go and attack somebody in free agency. And when I say somebody, I'm talking about Christian Wood. Christian Wood is somebody I really would prefer the Knicks look at first. I'm more high on Wood than I am marketing it at the moment. I think Wood, he wouldn't cost you assets. He would just cost you salary. You know, you wouldn't have to give up assets if you're going to trade, uh, if you're going to sign somebody like Christian Wood. Um, he's also young. I think he's 23, um, a potentially higher ceiling because he's far more athletic. So I'll always go for the athletic kid over the guy who's more slow footed, especially on a Knicks team like this. Um, I like, I like the athletic kids. I just, I think he's Christian Wood is somebody I would prefer to sign. So obviously, you know, if the Knicks, I don't know if the Knicks are going to make a trade, I just, I don't know, I'd rather go with Wood, but marketing is definitely an option um, to trade for. Bertans is another guy. We, um, Davies, I'm trying to think of his first name. Davies Bertans 
is another guy that we've talked about um, as an upcoming free agent. But they can actually sign Bertans and trade for Markkanen if they really wanted to, the Knicks. You know, Bertans isn't a starter, so they would have no problem playing him off the bench. You know, only 34 starts in his career um, across 274 career games. So they could easily trade somebody like Markkanen for somebody like Markkanen and sign Bertans at the same time. Bertans is also a shooter. He's more of a sharp shooter, though. He's a more of a sure thing from deep as opposed to being decent out there. You know, Bertans is over 40% every year. Um, he is a little older, though. He's 28 years old in November, but still fairly young. And I think somebody like Laurie Markin, again, will be a good option for this Knicks team. I think, uh, you know, having him just to space the floor is big enough alone. Um, but to have the youth factor there, he's still young. He still has a chance to play even play in a different system. Maybe that could help him, you know, take that next step that he hasn't done yet. So, Laurie Markkinen is definitely an option for the Knicks here if they want to um, consider getting some more shooting in that front court, um, as opposed to keeping Randall, <laughs> keeping Randall in that starting lineup. But we're going to touch on Terry Rozier next. But first, we will be right back after this message. Hey guys, Rob Carbone here. Really quick, I just want to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is a free podcast hosting site. And I say that again, it's a free podcast hosting site that will distribute your podcast for you to other platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Overcast, and all those websites. But here's the best part. Not only is it free, not only do they share it for you, but they will pay you for recording a podcast. They will pay you. And you can do it from your computer, from your phone. All you have to do is go to the Anchor app and download that or go to their website, which is anchor.fm to begin. It's everything you need. It is so convenient for podcasters like myself. So please, guys, go download the Anchor app or go to their website, anchor.fm to begin. See you there. around the trade deadline where the Knicks were on the brink of trading Julius Randle for somebody like Terry Rozier and Malik Monk as well. But we're going to focus on Terry Rozier specifically. Um, He's a point guard for the Charlotte Hornets now, uh, 27 years old, not until March. So he's 26, just turned 26. So he has a whole, you know, one year um, of one more season of basketball um, here at the age of 26. So he's young. He's a point guard, which is what they need at the moment. He's 6'1", 190, so small, small frame. But he averaged 18, 4, and 4 on 42, 41, 87 this past season across 63 games with 34 minutes a night. So logged a lot of minutes, uh, played effectively, and was a good guard this season off the bench. I'm, I'm sorry, in the starting lineup for uh, for the Hornets. So his here, the big pro, if the Knicks were going to trade for somebody like Rozier, um, the big pro would be he's a better fit than Randall. 
Okay. He shoots the ball efficiently. So again, he's somebody who can space the floor and he's, you know, somebody who's going to have as, as a point guard, he's somebody who's going to have to run the offense and he'll be an actual floor general point guard instead of somebody like a big, uh, like Randall running the point forward. So that right away is, is huge. Just the ability to have an actual ball handler out there and the ability to have somebody who can shoot in that backcourt which would also benefit given that Nilakina, Peyton, and Smith Jr. don't shoot the ball or even score the ball effectively as well. Um, so an efficient three-point shooter, 41% from downtown this past season, 37% over the course of his career, averaged 2.7 three-point makes per game this past season. Once again, 2.7 three-pointers per game that he converted on this past season. That was top 25 in the NBA this past season, so good three-point shooter, hits him at a high volume, hits him efficiently. Um, and so getting somebody like him, automatically he'd become our best point guard right off the bat. Wouldn't be a question. He would become our best point guard in a number of categories as well. Um, and some other pros I have here, um, I have that his defense isn't extraordinary, but it's not so bad to where it's a liability. So he's capable of being average out there defensively. Um, he's also a solid playmaker. Now, you can look at the 4.1 assists per game this past year and say it's not that good, but it's not that bad considering he was a secondary playmaker this season for the Hornets. Um, remember, he played alongside Devontae Graham, who you know his usage rate was up there a little higher than somebody like Rozier. Um, Graham had the ball in his hands a lot. Graham was actually eighth in assists per game this past season, so it's kind of hard to have a high assist rate when you're playing along somebody like Graham, who's doing most of the playmaking. Um, so he's a solid playmaker, capable of defending okay. Um, he'll play well with scoring wins like RJ just fine too. So if you want to play him alongside RJ Barrett, another scoring wing who likes to have the ball in his hands, then I think that'll be just fine because, again, we talked about he played alongside Graham just fine last season at the off-guard position. He played a lot of two this year, so he's not ball-dominant. Um, he's also played... Remember, he played in Boston in 2018. He made the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference Finals playing alongside guys like Tatum and Brown. And um, so he's not you know, afraid to take a step back and let the other guys handle the ball. He's also one of the better NBA uh, catch-and-shoot players. He's very good off the catch. Um, not that he's not good in pull-up, not that he's not good at driving and finishing and things like that, but his primary scoring option, you know, go-to move is that catch-and-shoot. He's very good off the catch-and-shoot. Actually, was ranked in the 91st percentile this past season in points per game off the catch-and-shoot. Um, and that was out of the 514 qualifiers. So being in the 91st percentile there off the catch-and-shoot in terms of points per game, that was his bread and butter. Terry Rozier, very good off the catch. <clears throat> but yeah, also a good pull-up guy. He actually was 94th percentile of the 514 qualifiers in points per game off the pull-up. So very good off the catch, can pull up off the dribble, um, and he, he's not bad. He attacks the rim effectively effectively as well, ranking in the 92nd percentile in terms of drives per game with 10.2. Um, 4.5 points per game off the drive this season ranked him in the 89th percentile. Um, not always the most efficient in that restricted area, just 51% in the restricted area this year. And a lot of that has to do, he's a smaller guard, you know, a smaller frame, not t the tallest. So he has trouble finishing over those bigger defenders. But overall, he's got a good catch and shoot game. Doesn't always have to rely on the pull up, but he is a very effective pull up shooter when, needs, when he needs to. <coughs> Attacks the rim and scores well. 
And, you know, he's capable of playing off guard just as much as he is playing the point guard. So, a versatile offensive um, combo guard, I guess you could call him, um, who, who has the ability to score and do a little bit of playmaking. So, those are the pros. All right. The cons here is... I want a point guard who can run pick and roll first and foremost. I want somebody who can run pick and roll. And Terry Rozier, maybe it was more of the Charlotte Hornets system. But even when they did run pick and roll, he only averaged .79 points per possession as a ball handler out of the roll. Um, that was just 40th percentile. So meaning 60% of the league um, averaged more points per possession at a pick and roll as a handler than he did. So he wasn't very effective in pick and roll. Also, just you know, thinking about it in the other areas, um, the cost is just too high for a guy who's probably not going to get much better, if at all. I just feel like, I know he's young, but I feel like right now what you're getting from him is more or less going to be what you get from him, you know, over the next several seasons. I don't think he's going to train to change drastically and just become a superstar. I don't think anybody expects that. And I also think giving up like somebody giving up somebody like Randall who has more talent is kind of a lopsided deal. I don't think the, the return piece for the Knicks would make much sense. You'll probably have to give up Randall plus a first round pick and maybe even Dennis Smith Jr. or somebody else as well. Um, so it's a very Knicks type of move in my opinion. It would be a very Knicks move to just send away draft picks uh, for a shortcut, you know, for a stopgap if anything. Um, it's not, you know, they have the old uh, the Sixers mantra, <laughs> trust the process. This would be more of a rush the process type of move for the Knicks. Um, so I don't know about that. Then you look at it financially. Um, it's more of a bad contract swap than it is a bad contract removal. Okay. Because you think about it, Randall is only owed just $4 million guaranteed in the third and final year of his deal. So he's owed a lot next year, but... In the final year of his deal in 21-22, he's only owed $4 million guaranteed. And then you look at Rozier, he's owed just under $19 million next season. And then on his third and final year in 21-22, he's owed $18 million. So he's still owed a decent amount of money, a lot more money than Randall is guaranteed. You know, Rozier's two final year, two final uh, final two years on his contract, guaranteed $19 mil, guaranteed $18 mil. So the Knicks are going to have to pay him a chunk of money for both of those seasons. Whereas with Randall, they're paying him a little bit, uh, a lot next year, and then a little bit in his third year. So it's not going to help the Knicks financially. If anything, they're taking on more salary, um, and that could prevent them from you know, heavily participating in a very talented 2020 uh, or 2021 free agency. You know, with with a lot of star talent out there, if they're taking on a heavier contract in somebody like Rozier. That's going to prevent them from really making much moves. Clog up the cap space. But, yeah, I mean, overall, man, I'm not big on Rozier that much. I, I would prefer the Knicks don't do something like this. I think they should probably just draft their point guard um, instead of signing somebody out of free agency or instead of trading for somebody like Rozier. Just go through the draft and, you know, I feel like the prospect pool holds similar talent, too. So why wouldn't you just take your chances? They're cheaper. They're going to be on rookie deals. Um, it's just a safer bet to me. You know, taking my chances with one of Hayes, Maxi, Halliburton, Edwards, Cole Anthony, LaMelo Ball, one of those players, I'd rather take a chance with them. Um, instead of trading assets and taking on heavier salary, you're just drafting a cheap 
um, prospect. You know, it, it doesn't cost you anything. It's a free prospect, pretty much, depending on where the Knicks land in this lottery. But, yeah, overall, I would prefer the Knicks go after Markkanen if they were to trade for one of these two players. But, all in all, though, I, I, I still, I think free agency is the best route. Stick to the draft, stick with free agency, and get your your surroundings this way, you know, compliment your team that you have now by signing free agent shooters. Um, and if you can't get somebody like Christian Wood, then I'm all for somebody like Larry Markkinen. But if we are going to trade Julius Randle, I prefer it's for somebody like Markkinen over somebody like Rogier and or Monk, because I don't think the package is good enough there. And again, it's a bad contract to take on. Um, Trying to get rid of Randall is going to be tough, though. But, you know, I, don't, I know some Nick fans out there want to keep the guy around, and some Nick fans feel like it's more uh, a systematic thing with Randall than it is himself. I think it's a little bit of both, but here's the thing. If it is a systematic thing um, with Randall and you need a better point guard and you need a better head coach with a legit system to get him going, it's going to be tough to do that in one offseason. Are you really going to find your point guard of the future and your head coach of the future to get Randall back on track just in one offseason here? I don't know. It's going to be tough. Again, the draft pool isn't that extraordinary, um, and a lot of these head coaches are coming with some question too. So we'll see how it all shapes out. But all in all, guys, Terry Rozier, Laurie Markkinen, two options out there the Knicks could potentially trade for. Do I see any of this happening? I don't know. I don't know what Leon Rose is going to do. But whatever he does do, hopefully it's for the best of this team and not for the best of the organization in terms of just collecting checks and watching a piss-poor product. So, guys, thank you so much. That's all. That's all that's going to be tonight, 30-minute um, episode. Um, but if you want to tune into episode 101, that will be sometime this week where I'm having a couple of my buddies on and we're going to talk about just the state of sports right now and the hiatus that we're all in. That's going to be coming up, so please stay tuned for episode 101. But as for tonight, episode 100. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Just episode 100, just talking about the Knicks and their trade rumors. Um, thanks so much for stopping by. This is your host, Rob Carbone, doing episode 100 of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe to it. Google, iTunes, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, and many more platforms as well. Go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Right on that page, there should be a tab called Outlets. Click on that tab. It'll take you to a page that displays all of the platforms to my podcast and all of my social media outlets as well. So, guys, thanks so much. For tuning in, this has been Rob Carbone with episode 100 of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Thanks so much, and I'll see you this week with, with episode 101. Be sure to stay tuned for that. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, guys, stay safe. Wash your fucking hands. Ciao. We hope you enjoyed the show and if you did be sure to leave a like comment subscribe share and all that fun stuff if you want to follow bd4 on all the different platforms we have all you have to do is go to my website nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com once again that's nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com thank you guys i'll see you next time ciao